Blog Talk Radio.
welcome you to Africa on the Moon. As your host, Brother Africa, always an honor and privilege to come to your home this evening to speak truth to power. And we have an open topic right now. We're going to bring in two out participants. We're just testing, trying to figure out this technology. We first bring in Brother Haki. Welcome to Africa on the Move, Brother Haki. Can you uh, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can. Then we bring in brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, and we then bring in brother X. Welcome to Africa on the Move, brother X. Do we have brother X with us, brother four four two eight, brother X? Can you say something? Four four two eight, brother X. I think we have some technical difficulties um, with 4442. We'll come back to him. Uh, right now, what we're going to do is yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we come That's right. No matter your nationality, you have the identity of an African. We welcome you back to Africa on the Move. We're doing a special program today titled Testing New Technology. We're testing and we're going to have just some open discussions. Um, if you have any topics or any ideas or things going on, we'd like to hear from you. And you can do that by calling 323-679-0841. So let's talk about Check this whole question of technology. Brother Hockey, where's technology going today? Give me your perspective. The good and the bad of new technology, Brother Hockey. Well, I think to some extent technology is uh, the natural evolution, you know, of uh, a couple of factors. One, I think, Economics, I think that's a, a, one of the driving forces by the time technology. I think in addition to uh, in addition to, I think the question in terms of just you know human evolution plays a role in terms of the evolution of technology. So I think those two factors together sort of drive technology. And uh, of course, the question is whether or not uh, if technology can be used for good or bad. Uh, and it seems to me that clearly, like any technology. 
it seems to me that, uh, you know, it could be used for both good and bad. Uh, unfortunately, in the context of its current capitalist system, uh, technologies tend to have the uh, overwhelming, um, for benefit, for lack of a better term, of being counterproductive in terms of the investment of human, human society. So technology, even though it's inevitable, I think that uh, the way it's used currently uh, uh, sets a very negative, very bad precedent. Okay. Let's go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, from your perspective, where are we going today as it relates to new technology? What is your take on this, this issue of new technology? Is it always good for the people or not? Well, I don't think it was Huey Newton who said in this highly technical society, we should have the we should be have something like the the best that the society can offer or something. Uh, um, I you know, so technology is constantly advancing. I mean, you know, the machinery, the the mechanisms of, of commerce and and uh, computers and everything is just telephones are advancing and you know. Now you don't. You really don't need a personal computer. You've got your telephone. You can get your emails and whatever. And so you know, but it's a question of technology should be used in the interest of the, the masses of the people. And you know, we live in a capitalist society, and uh, obviously, with each advancement of technology, there is a, a tendency to enrich somebody. Somebody's getting rich uh, <laughs> off the the masses of people. Um, I'm thinking about now, for instance, we got um, this AstraZeneca and um, Medis, Med, Medis, Medico or something, I don't know, um, um, Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, all these um, highly sophisticated technological um, advancements in medicine and, and chemistry and um the question is, should this intellectual property be free flowing so that ever the world can can get in in um production um these viruses um these vaccines and I think you know if that this kind of technology should at some point we should recognize that there's a uh pandemic and that it's in the interest of humanity to solve this problem and that all humanity should be on the on in the battle to solve the problem, and that means, you know, intellectual property at that level um, should be free flowing. Um, I don't know. I don't want to carry on. I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Okay, you listen to Africa on the Move, a special edition. We're doing today on the 20th of March. Uh, we're featuring the theme testing new technology. What we want to do is at this point in time. If you can bring in our caller as four four two eight, we can ask our caller. The last four numbers four four two eight. What is their perspective on this concept of new technology? Is it good for the people today? Caller four four two eight. What is your um, perspective on this new technology? Well, though, one observation that I'm making is that um, our lives, every second, every action, every thought, is something that. Um, we're looking to capture through data and then analyze that data to be predictive when you look at artificial intelligence and uh, algorithms 
they're trying to make everything an algorithm to where they can automate, predict, and simulate human thought, human emotion, human behavior. So that's a that's a slippery slope that we're approaching as we look at how um, we're advancing in technology and, and then you know there are those who who are looking to quickly merge man and machine as we, we move into the future. So um the whole concept of AI and what what we're told are the goals and what may be the extended goals are something that we gotta pay attention, particularly over like the next decade, um, with technology. Carla, you mentioned the thing, uh, algorithm. For our listening audience who may not be technical and may not follow the the different uh, innovations that are taking place in technology, what is algorithm? How 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 do those things work when it comes to human development and tracking people? Well, well, I mean, an algorithm is simply um, um, logic. You're you're taking um, a group of data and you're saying that if this happens or if if a sequence of events happens, then this is what we want to happen if those events happen. So it's it's all about logic and and um, looking at the sequencing of what what data tells us is occurring, and then you're either giving it, you're either telling it what to do, or you're using your data to predict what you think will happen next. So it's all about um, the logic of how things occur. Okay. Okay. We have a listening audience who um, been listening in. We're gonna go to the caller. Your last four numbers are twenty six ninety three. We'd like to hear your thoughts, Carla, 2693. What do you think about new technology today? Is it good or bad for for this society? Carla, 2693, what's your thoughts? Carla, can you hear us? 2693, we'd like to hear your, your views on new technology today. Is it good or bad? Okay, I think I Carla just may want to listen. What we're going to do, Brother Haki, we'll come to you. Last caller said something about technology being able to uh, be used to create a, a new vehicle, head human, head man. Is that really possible, or that's what they're trying to do today? Yeah, with the with the latest advancement in terms of artificial intelligence, you know, is is it's not inconceivable that that's possible. Uh, one of the things and we talked recently, we talked about the fact they uh, they were able to bring back um, um, I forgot the particular animal it was, but they were able to bring it back from extinction, uh, utilizing you know uh, old old DNA they had access to. So the possibility in terms of utilizing you know uh, computerized technology in terms of achieving that end is of course very uh, possible. Because one of the dangers when you talk about, you know, a, a capitalist mindset, one of the problems is that this question in terms of expansionism becomes extremely important. In other words, in order to maintain hegemony, in order to maintain control of the world, 
then the more the more you're proficient in terms of reducing individuals who are a, a not in the truest sense human, but in a sense able to carry out the will of those who who, who create them. Uh, then certainly there's a strong motive in terms of those positions of power to create such individuals. And so we shouldn't be surprised that when we talk about in terms of, uh, you know, uh, DAPA, we talk about defense intelligence and we talk about kind of pro- projects that these are engaged in, then clearly, you know, this, this, this issue in terms of the possibility in terms of creating cyborgs, for lack of a better term, is something that uh, we, we, we have to be very, very concerned about. And if we keep in keeping in mind one of the problems, and we talk about investment technology, one of the problems is that you're talking about essentially you're talking about you know technology minus consciousness. Uh, so unfortunately, in, in, in the context of capitalist society, people begin tend to operate on an unconscious level, and so therefore the relationship between or that, that interaction or that connection between all things is severed. So people don't have a a, a, a distinct understanding in terms of the connect connectivity of all things, and so we seem to see things as in a very compartmentalized uh, perception, and as such, because we see things as unique and separate, then it's very easy to create uh, those kind of, or engage in those kind of uh, technologies that are counterproductive to human beings in the long run. So if you can create those these 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 have human have robotic individuals. And it's certainly interest of the powerful, and we certainly can reason that uh, you know uh, they would certainly support such a move. And certainly, when you look at DARPA and come to kind of expenditures, we're talking about when we talk about hundreds of billions of dollars a year specifically in terms of technological advancements, particularly when it comes to artificial intelligence. Then we shouldn't be surprised that at some point in history, you're going to find the likelihood that you will find uh, such individuals being innovated in terms of this this cyborg uh, personality uh, that the brother alluded to earlier. On that note, you look, listen to a special edition of Africa on the Move, a theme of testing new technology. What we're going to do right now, we're going to pause for the call, so when we come back, we'd like to pose this question to our listening audience. When we talk about new technology, is there something going on today with this coronavirus in terms of it being used as a new form of technology or medicine? having a better understanding of the human body. We'd like to have your thoughts on that. When we come back, this is Africa on the Move. So vast, so great, these The color of life, universal harmony, the earth supports our conscious effort for sustained humanity, human beings, human love, on a spiritual tip. So vast, so great, the African embrace, live beyond, love beyond, your skin to where you 
belong. question brother in terms of this question of the pandemic many people believe that what's going on now is is a large um, human experiment or human beings on a global basis in terms of technology and the kind of um, vaccine they're injecting people with to um, do different things with human body many believe they may cause or contribute to millions of lost lives so I'm just wondering what is your take on this pandemic, is it possible it all be a large human experiment 
on human beings and find out very things about the human body. You know, you know, brother, I, I've, I've always, you know, based upon my understanding in terms of what has transpired in relationship to this, this particular COVID-19, one of the things that's been very problematic for me and one of the things that the media refuses to talk about, when we talk about the evolution of COVID-19, it's very, very interesting that that virus, this COVID-19 virus, existed long before Wuhan, China. As a matter of fact, there were three countries in which the virus existed in which nobody ever talked about, the U.S., the U.K., and New Zealand. I'm sorry, U.S., U.K., and Canada. So the mere fact that these viruses preceded what happened in Wuhan, China, supposedly what happened in Wuhan, China, raises questions in terms about the origin of this particular virus. And one of the things we cannot discount, when we talk about viruses, we talk about AIDS, we talk about HIV, and all we talk about all these, all these, all these viruses manifesting, manifesting the globe, uh, one of the things we can't discount is the role that the U.S. intelligence has played in terms of facilitating a lot of these things. Uh, there's a very interesting book called Germs by Judah Miller. And so anybody interested in learning more about that can read that book. Uh, and she lays out the history in terms of uh, you know, lean scientists, in terms of the role they play in terms of fermenting, uh, fermenting viruses uh, you know, throughout the world. Uh, clearly one of, the, one of the names that comes up a lot is the, this guy out of South Africa uh, who was a, a cardiologist. Um, and I came to call his name, name offhand. Anyway, he was a, a cardiologist. And also was Raymond Ziegler. Uh, Zelensky, uh, who was a biochemist by the U.S., who's instrumental in terms of what we know today as AIDS, in terms of facilitating that virus. Uh, so, um, so clearly, you know, there was a lot of um, collusion when we talk about viruses, and we shouldn't we shouldn't automatically conclude that what we hear on on, on radio or the media is actually the truth. And in terms of COVID nineteen, in terms of the impact, in terms of you know you know being able to to monitor what's going on in the body to actually impact on the various biological functions that the body performs. Well, one of the things that's very interesting is that, you know, all, the, the utilization of, of um, nanotechnology, and one of the things that's very, very interesting, the mere fact that no one ever talked about nanotechnology in terms of using, in terms of disseminate or to inject this virus, this, this, cold, this vaccine, into the body of human beings. Uh, there's numerous reports in terms of people actually dying or people getting sick or having these ailments that they never had before. Uh, uh, once they took the uh, took the vaccine, then the, all these these problems start manifest themselves. And the question is, no one wants to answer the question whether or not these, these nanotechnology is in part responsible for the kind of ailments, kind of death that we're seeing in terms of relationship to these 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 vaccines. Uh, one of the things that's very clear, there are many, many scientists who are, who are adamantly opposed to these, to these COVID-19 vaccines for the, for the simple purpose, for the simple, for the simple reality that a lot of these vaccines are, are, are detrimental to the human immune system. And so, therefore, they advise people not to take COVID-19 in particular because it's the so nanotechnology. And one thing the scientists are very, very clear on, and when you talk about this whole nanotechnology, and we talk about the propensity for these, these, these pieces of this, this, this technology to break off the human body and to create all kinds of problems for the human body. I think that's something that the media has yet to even to delve into, and they need to talk about that. Uh, clearly, you know, when you talk about the free radicals in the human body, you talk about those things that, that, that impact the, the, uh, the human, the human um, the ability of the human body to fight against infection. Uh, clearly, you know, when you talk about breaking off of these nanoparticles in terms of their ability, you know, to be to operate as free radicals, to actually destroy the ability of the human body to function, then that's something that all of us should be concerned about. And the mere fact that the media 
refuses to talk about it raises questions, at least in my mind, raises some alarm in terms of what's really going on here. So to answer your question, brother, you know, to, to simply believe everything they put out there in terms of the media, which is controlled by, by very powerful, very wealthy individuals, I might add there's only three corporations that control all the news, uh, uh, all the news in the world. And the mere fact that they have an enormous amount of power, so the ability to persuade, to actually uh, condition people to believe certain things is, is very, very probable. And so in understanding that then, we, you know, certain things that happen in society, it is incumbent upon us to ask the question in terms of, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, something doesn't, nothing quite right here. And to, to raise the history and, and, and to expect media to provide at least some answers in terms of concerns. But the mere fact they've been very silent on nanotechnology, uh, the deaths of human beings taking, uh, taking uh, these, these vaccines, uh, speaks violence in terms of possible complicity in terms of, you know, knowing that human beings are simply being used as experiments in terms of better perfecting, you know, uh, nanotechnology for the future in terms of being perhaps creating a better uh, soldier. So clearly, uh, for me, it's all good for a second. I'm all very uh, suspicious. Brother Haki, before we go to Brother Moses, can you talk, explain to the general, for the audience, when we say nanotechnology, what what are we talking about? What that really means in layman terms? All we're talking about when we talk about nanotechnology, essentially what we're talking about is something minute robots. That's all we're talking about. Uh, they they operate on on a, a, a minuscule scale, and so we're talking about these little things that essentially essentially program in terms of carrying out the will of those individuals, you know, who who, who create the, the nanotechnology. So essentially, for so that's what we're talking about. So we're talking about these these, these minute little things that op, op, actually operate like machines. That's all we're talking about. You can feedback okay. brother. We can we get some feedback? Get some beef feedback, remember? Yes. You said brother Hackey? You can okay, feedback. You listen before audience. you're fired, now you can feedback. Okay, to our listening audience, um if you um hearing any kind of feedback, bear with us. Again, one of the reasons why we were doing this program is trying to figure out what's going on with this technology. So just be patient, bear with us and we are aware of it but we're not quite sure how to correct this, so it's a struggle. So bear with us. Um, so on that note, what we're going to do on that on that note, what we're going to do right now is to go to Brother Moses and we're going to pose this question to Brother Moses and we want to get his thoughts. Brother Moses, one of the things about these new technologies is that they have certain things in common. One day, most of these new technologies have some kind of relationship to surveillance and tracking. What you think about that, Brother Moses? Is that good technology? Well, in terms of tracking, I don't know. I know in terms of the virus, I mean, it makes sense in terms of scientific situation, in terms of dealing with the virus. And uh, um, I don't know, just tracking in general, I, I, I don't know that that's happening. Uh, uh, um, you know, the, the real... The issue is where do correct ideas come from? I mean, like you, you, you are, these, these ideas come from class struggle, the struggle for production and scientific experiment. And so, you know, that's just part of life. Uh, uh, we don't want to abuse anybody or, or abuse the ethically scientific uh, community. But, uh, 
you know, I don't I, I just know that that, you know, sooner or later you have to make a decision about based upon dialect and historical material and hopefully a sober man and that uh I know I've gotten the the first shot for this this flu shot. Uh, I had a Pfizer shot and uh, you know, I'm trusting in in the, the technology and the science and uh and taking this epidemic this pandemic seriously. I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. What we're going to do is go to Carlo 4428. And I would like everybody to weigh in as we talk about technology. Carlo 4428, I would like for you to respond to this question of, we know Bill Belinda Gates has been for years advocating that there needs to be a decrease of population. The African population control, many of said eugenics. They have even purported that they need to get, eradicate billions of people. Now, the only way one making conceive of getting rid of a billion people must be thinking in terms of some form of technology. So understanding that for some people there's an agenda to decrease the population as it relates to technology. And I stated earlier, basically look at technology today, I know one thing they have in common is for surveillance and for tracking and, you know, for that, for no purposes. For those purposes, if people have agenda or illuminate the large scale scale of people, we talk billions of people. Should we trust this new any of this new technology being um, developed? If not, how do we fight against it to make sure technology is used for the interests of the people and not against the people? What would be your take, Carlo Four Four Two Eight? Well, uh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, speaking about a, speaking about a really, really challenging, challenging um, position, position. Um, um, you know, nanotechnology is hard to, hard to fully understand what what you're dealing with because because of the nature of the technology um, being, you know, these micro robots that. You can't see with the naked eye that can be activated and deactivated on command that, you know, can have varying um, life cycles. Um, so it's without having more folks who are in those fields, you know, and particularly in, in, in that um niche area of technology to explain to the masses what's going on. It's going to be a challenging road. Um, you know, as you were talking earlier about nanotechnology, one example that I just recently saw this past week, um, they've developed a nanobot that can go and retrieve one sperm cell and deliver that sperm to an egg. Understanding how how small sperm are and that there is this robot that is designed specifically for that task, that is, is an example of how difficult it will be to understand the technology before it affects us. And 
because we don't fight as many physical wars, it very well may be that the biological war will be the the next great method of population control. Interesting to call and raise the issue of biological warfare as a new form of weapon control. Um, Balaki, what do you make of the change of war form from going physical competition to biological competition, chemical competition as a form of warfare? Is this what's happening today? Well, you know, one of the things, you know, we, we, we cannot discount. You got, you got feedback again, Brother Africa. Okay. One of the things we cannot, excuse me, one of the things we cannot discount is that, you know, the current capitalist economic model is under threat. And one of the things that's a certain amount of um, resistance uh, to change, particularly when that change means a reduction in power. And so, therefore, in that sense, and we got to understand the people who run the society, the people who benefit from society, have a vested interest in doing all they can to preserve their power. And if that means eliminating large number of people um, around the world to make it more manageable in terms of maintenance of power, then that's precisely what they do. And so we can't discount anything, uh, whether we talk about utilizing wars or whether you talk about uh, creating conditions of famine or whatever, or even biotechnology in terms for the sole purpose in terms of eliminating people that they are perceived as the privileged, then no one can be surprised, you know, that uh, people in digital power will actually utilize that technology for that purpose. And this is a real danger, because earlier I talked about the, the lack of consciousness. You know, when we talk about this relationship that exists among all things, increasingly that, that understanding in terms of our relationship between all, with all things is, is, is actually um, is, is becoming less and less. And the capitalists have made a conscientious decision to make sure that people don't understand or think about the connection between all things. In that context, once you, start, once you get people, you know, thinking in terms of compartmentalized kinds of ways, then people don't necessarily see a connection between uh, all things. And if they don't see a connection between all things, then the kind of abuse inflicted upon others is not seen as an attack on all. And so, therefore, people, so the, the people in positions of power uh, want to create that mindset. And so, therefore, it gives them some cover in terms of being able to create uh, technology for the sole purpose of eliminating large number of people in the world. And we can't, we can't discount that. That's a very, very real reality. Uh, and, and one of the things, when you talk about nanotechnology, and you talk in terms of because, like the brother said, uh, one of the problems is that, you know, um, you know, this stuff exists on a scale in which is, for a lot of us, unimaginable. For us to conceive this idea in terms of someone being able to go to a laboratory and it creates these micro, these, I mean, these micro uh, robots, for a lot of people it's incomprehensible. And when you tell them that, they probably think that you're crazy because for them that's, that's inconceivable. But clearly they have the technology to do all of that. And, uh, you know, one of the things is that, um, you know, um, you know, what, that lack of consciousness come all kinds of uh, abuse. And because, you know, and, and because of that lack of consciousness that exists in society, uh, anything is fair game, anything is possible. So uh, the mere fact that when scientists say that, you know, taking these COVID-19 uh, vaccines may contribute to your weakened immune system, uh, no one can simply say, yeah, you're talking, you're, you're talking nonsense, because the reality is that 
when you look in terms of the pervasive nature of, uh, of, of, of this tendency to want to control, which is so deeply rooted in capitalism, that one thing you got to you, you have to acknowledge on some level that the possibility exists that if, if this technology is going to enable them to maintain their power, then they will utilize it for the sole purpose in terms of reducing numbers on this planet, or to make at least at the very minimum make it impossible for people to have children or, or whatever. So clearly, uh, I, I, I think that uh, you know, um, you know, we cannot discount the possibility that biotechnology is the next form of warfare being uh, uh, um, and, uh, inflicted on the masses of people. You know, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. You listen to Africa on the Move. We're gonna pause for the call. We're gonna come back. We have some closing comments on the steam tonight, testing new technology. This is Africa on the Move. If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth. Take a stand for justice, that's what we've got to do. Cause Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant. Chains living in pain today is the same and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know. I must be strong 
Yeah, 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 yeah. 
welcome you back to the Africa on the Move. This is a special edition, and we're testing new technology. That's the theme. While we talking about the thing, at the same time we're living it. We're testing this new technology to see how we can better improve it. Uh, we come to a close in this program. We would like to have some final thoughts, but in terms of having some final thoughts, one of the things I would like to raise for all my panelists to get their final thought is on this take as it comes to technology. Again, technology can be used as a tool to be for the people against the people. But there seems to be a big lack of gap when it comes to African people not having access or being in the technology industry. Panelists, if you're going to fight our enemy, we too must develop technology that will counter that technology. What can be done to encourage our people to understand the importance of technology and start taking the, the, the discipline of science more serious in terms of being able to create a future where our people also will be tech-savvy? Um, Brother Haki, start off first. Uh, how, how do we get the message that people understand the importance of technology? Technology. You got feedback, brother. You got feedback again, brother. Got feedback? Okay. Let's try this. Go ahead and talk, brother. Keep talking. All right. All right. It's going. All right. So, um, yeah, I I think that is a quintessential question. I think one of the problems is that, you know, our children are inundated with, uh, you know, social media and all kinds of things on television suggest that the uh, the, uh, advancement of, or not advancement, but certainly, uh, fulfillment of you know, of lifely uh, endeavors to center around sports, entertainment, and those kind of things. And one of the things that we have to do as a community, we have to create some institutions to sort of counter that message. Because the people in positions of power understand how powerful that message is in terms of, you know, marketing, you know, sports and entertainment to our youth. And so, therefore, too many of our youth want to be, you know, you know great basketball players, great actresses, great singers, and so forth and so on. Something wrong with that in terms of the creative aspect. We, 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 you, you, you need, you need, uh, you need uh, art. I mean, art is a big part of life, and you need that. But there's an over reliance, over abundance in terms of, you know, uh, um, um, of of, uh, of, of um, justification for for such a thing. So I think that we have to, we have. To, so, so the question becomes, you know, how do we get our people to understand the seriousness of this? And because if we create the conditions and we suggest that technology is important, the truth will get it. But it's important that we important we create those conditions. And so the struggle for us is a question of class, because clearly those those people in the African community who who have access to a little wealth or who are doing okay don't necessarily subscribe to the notion in terms of you know creating conditions which benefit overall overall beneficial to the masses of all African children. And I think they're more inclined to make sure the children get what they need at the expense of all others. So we have to create a mindset, or we create institutions in the uh, community which sort of supersede that mindset to say that all the children, irrespective of the, of the economics, irrespective of the class standing, they must understand the importance of, 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 of technology and begin to create those conditions that sort of reinforce that idea that technology is key. Because one of the things that, you know, kids, you know, one thing that, you know, African children are very, very good in terms of technology until they get around by the age of 12. At that point, there comes come this disconnect in which kids are no longer interested in terms of technology, and a lot of that has to do with social conditioning. So it comes upon us to create conditions to fight that social conditioning to tell our children that technology is not important for them, that technology is for other people, is not for us. Uh, so a lot of that is going to involve our children understanding our history and understanding our, con- our scientific contributions to the world. 
Uh, nobody's going to teach our children that. We must teach our children that. And that, in addition to creating the conditions in that society, would say that technology is important, the children will get it. But it's incumbent upon us, you know, to have that discourse, to have that, that struggle around why we have to create the condition which says that technology is extremely important. And that, of course, my brother, is a challenge. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Good Brother Moses. What can we do to increase our understanding of the importance of technology and how can we get our people more involved so we can create technology to fight against the enemy technology that is being used against us? What's your thoughts on that, Brother Moses? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we must struggle on all fronts. Front. We've got to feed that. you got feedback? Okay, go ahead, Brother. We must struggle on all fronts, the political struggle for state power, the economic struggle for better conditions, especially the unions, and the theoretical struggle as to the correct interpretation of our past leaders and the correct assessment of where we are and where we need to go. In order to triumph, we must study and practice dialectical and historical materialism, for the dialectical relationship between ideas and practice will develop us as revolutionaries just as it developed Shea and Fidel. By assessing the real needs of real people struggling in society, we will develop a program of action that we can all agree on and rally around. The correctness or incorrectness of our ideological and political line will be proven in the struggle to obtain real gains for the working class, and in this struggle, as always, we will gain friends and make enemies. Who are our friends and who are our enemies is a critical line when trying to make a revolution. Our answers to these questions separate us from Democrats, Republicans, and would-be socialists. We must keep politics in command, rely on our land to win over the workers. Needless to say, we must continue to explain the contradiction between profit-driven capitalist system and the planned production of socialism. If we can't plan a single country, then how can we plan the world? And so I'm saying we need to study, 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 and... uh, pick these issues up. Uh, this COVID-19 is a real issue, and we need to understand it for what it is. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And we'll go to caller 4428. Your thoughts on this, on this whole question of how do we get our people involved in science and the need to develop their own technology in defense of the people. Your thoughts, caller 4428. Um, I, I, I really want to say ditto because I think it's been spoken. Um, when you originally threw the question out there, um, the song by Nasir Jones, Nas, that came to mind where he says, I know I can't be what I want to be. And um, thinking about the lyrics and the imagery of that video, speaking about how so much of the foundational um, knowledge well everything was born in Africa you know our, our children math, mathematics is seen as intimidating by a lot of our children and all technology at its core at its, at its scientific and log- logic core is math being applied to um, a technology with just using equipment um, so helping our children to understand that this thing that you're learning, 
was the same thing that we created. So then you is the ability to master and advance this science, this concept, this math, and then um, building this momentum to where um, they continue to develop on it. And um, Brother Heike said, you know, at age 12, they kind of fall off with their interest. Somehow we have to flip that to where um, 12 is where really they, they hit like a, a, net, a new level of, of interest uh, because, you know, looking at a lot of um, our, our tech moguls and these folks by 16 to 18 is where they're making groundbreaking discoveries in technology or, or at least we're told. Um, so between 12 to 16, we got to figure out ways to really help them to cultivate and think outside the box and just kind of explore technology more to where they're they're trying to build. You, you like using that phone or you like using that game. Well, we need you to create the next one. We need you to want to dig a little deeper to figure out how this thing functions so that it can be of a benefit to your people and to um, humanity. So um, I think that starts with getting over that, that intimidation when it comes to the mathematics and, and the science of math and then um, figuring out how to cultivate their their interest to to um, stick it out and pursue the, the science of technology more in, in their um, teen, eight, teen years. All of your point is well said to our panelists. All your points are well said. Uh, this is a special edition of Africa on the Moon. We are testing technology. And speaking to the thing, testing technology, we want to be conscious that when we test technology, we don't want technology testing us. We must be careful and understand that all tools can be used positively or negatively. But when we use these tools and become kind of active toward the development of human being, then I think we must ask the question, should we bring this technology in existence? That's a question we must not only investigate, but a question that we must address. Because at this point in time, human being seems to be um, in a very vulnerable position where technology may overrun them and may eradicate um, billions of people in a short period of time. So this is just an idea, again, we want to put out to the community, give you something to think about. All views and comments are welcome by contacting us at africaonthemoon2gmail.com. Remember, every Sunday evening from 7 to 9 p.m., you can hear Africa on the Moon Eastern Time by dialing in at 323-679-0841 or going to Blog Talk Radio podcast and type in Africa on the Moon. So until next time, we will continue to stay in the seat and take the heat. And as we define it, we stand behind it, and we will always speak truth to power. This has been a special program on the 20th of March, 2021, Testing Technology. So we hope to see everyone back tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. This has been Africa on the Moon, and as we talk about testing technology, we too, we want to know really what's going on.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.